0: Getting the early numbers could be the key to success when betting on the NFL. That's why we're here to react to the pinnacle openers and analyse where the market might move. Welcome to The Opening Line. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Opening Line. Today we are looking ahead to week 11 and with me are our three NFL experts here to help inform your predictions for the week ahead. Andy Molitor, Eric Eager and Rufus Peabody. Thanks for joining me again. Rufus, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you actually this week. I know you didn't have much action to get involved in on the NFL. So how was the masters for you?
1: Um, the masters was quite good. BJ won. That was, that was nice for me. Um, yeah. Matsuyama did okay. But um, Jason Day withdrawing kind of, or not withdrawing. I just, uh, basically yeah, I'm on previous week's broadcast. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it was very solid, like a lot of good top X hit, top, yeah, like top great Britain Ireland, top 10, top five hit, so um, it was a very good week, and NFL was, um, I, I didn't lose a single NFL bet, I won five, so even though they were pretty small, um, I'll still take it.
0: Nice. Andy, what about yourself?
2: Oh, NFL was even ish halftimes were good for the most part uh, Bears teaser that never that never felt good until it actually came through at the end I think I pushed him up to eight and a half that was a awful game and yeah I had to watch the whole game because of that and it was a terrible ordeal to have to stay up and watch uh, even my Vikings play last night so it ended on a high note at least uh, what was my, my disappointing one I guess was still the Denver Denver offense not contributing whatsoever two and over that should have
0: hit. And how about you Eric? Was it a good week?
3: Other than being on Denver, it was a good week. Um even the the Nick Chubb running out of bounds, you know, those always seem to hurt you, but that one actually helped me both in a teaser and uh you know in the in the it, teaser on the opening line and then uh, uh on the closing line I took a little bit of Houston. So uh that was nice. Uh you know we I think uh it was also Giants I took that at the very end after a bunch of people moved that out to four and a half five so and that was really never in doubt so yeah it was a good week cool well
0: let's uh let's get on to some of the games for for week 11 we got thursday night football first um arizona cardinals at the seahawks um we'll get into the reasons why in a bit but the market's been been quick to buy into arizona here it looks like they started as a, a four and a half point underdog it's already dropped to three and a half it's, it's probably going to go to the three if it hasn't already um, the total's has also been pushed up from 56 and a half to 58. And I mean, this one, I'm sure it could be 60 plus and, and people would still probably take the over, but it's, it's split where it is at the moment, Arizona, the, the dramatic Hail Mary win, um, the, the Seahawks were pretty terrible against the Rams. I don't really know how else to describe it. Um, they, they've dropped a bit in recent weeks as well. Um, they're pretty much just relying on Wilson to, to drag them into a game. Did anyone get any early action on this one?
2: I took the four it was i hate backing a team you know off a high like that against a you know team that played one of the worst games of their season but the four was just a bad number i felt it should open three so i guess i'm on arizona already and that's i'm I'm fine with that in a game like this the total i i expected it to go up and it should but boy it starts to get tricky you almost need some things to start going right to get to 60 points and, like, last week where the teams, I think they combined in the Arizona Bills game for six field goals in the first half. And they weren't all, like, very short, but it felt like they left a lot of meat on the bone in the first half. That total did end up getting there. But a few, a few things like that, and Seattle playing down again, and we might not sniff 50s and that, so I stayed away from the total. I'm, I'm not getting on the other side of it, though.
3: Yeah, I think I think when you look at Arizona's offense, they're certainly able to move the ball um between the twenties, but in the red zone, they they've struggled a little bit. Um Murray's running helps the overs, I think a little bit, but it also sort of keeps the clock moving. Uh so I, I don't know if I can I can really support an over that big anymore. Um I, I think if this thing got down to three, I would I would take Seattle, though. I mean, their defense, you sort of saw the other day that you know they're they're fine. You know they're they're just another NFL defense when they have Jamal Adams, which is a good or bad thing. Um, but you know Wilson simply can't turn the ball over. That my 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 biggest concern would be if Seattle decided to stop letting Russ cook as much um, because of the turnovers in recent weeks. Um,
1: I, so I took an early minus four plus one eighteen, or my business partner did, um, which. Isn't a huge edge for. I mean, I make it minus four point four for Seattle. But if you look at, um, I did I did grade out Arizona pretty well. They they had they basically had an edge across the board in that game against Buffalo. Um, Six point five to five point four in yards per play, fifty nine percent to fifty one percent play success. But the interesting thing was, if you look at it, um, they also had a lot of plays deep in Buffalo territory. They ran twelve plays in the red zone and thirty two plays inside the forty. Which I mean there's just not as many yards to get there. So I think that yards per play advantage kind of understates it a little bit though, obviously DeAndre Hopkins catch at the end. Um, Yeah. But I'm in general, I I think it's, I don't think it's one week. You can't overreact too much to to, to one game. And and I think this line um, had these teams played last week at their sort of what we expected this line would be um, probably for like five, maybe five and a half, six. I don't know. So
0: and Eric with you and in, in terms of Murray you mentioned him running with the ball there how how are you rating him now cuz he's he's certainly settled he starts he's got a lot better since he first came into the league whereabouts does he he rank for you
3: yeah i would say he's like right on the edge of the top 10 um you know you both quarterbacks in that game i think are right on the edge of top 10 both make a fair share of positive plays and you know, in the case of Allen doesn't limit the negative plays very much. Murray actually does, but he doesn't make as many of those sort of down the field plays as we've talked about before, other than that hail Mary, like he's kind of, you know, I think his running sort of is what sets him over the top. I think if there wasn't such a running threat with him, his passing would sort of be more in the middle of the pack.
2: Yeah. And the injuries for me, uh, not only the, the injuries, but the, the quarterback adjustments I've made. I was not as high on Murray coming into the season, or even a few weeks ago. I think he's improved quite a bit, and his running is obviously a big facet to, you know, just how dangerous he can be, especially against a defense that struggles. I don't think on a short week we're getting Dunbar Griffin back. Uh, Adams is playing, but he kind of dinged his shoulder up. He'll play. Like I bet he plays. In fact, I guarantee he plays. But if he's not 100%, that doesn't help. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I I feel like we're probably still just a little high on Russell based on unrealistic playing from early on in the season. Like, this is probably too low. He's what? He's thrown multiple picks in, like, three out of four games. I'm not saying he's going to do that against the Arizona defense. But I've, uh, I've had to downgrade everything based on how he's played the last few weeks. And I, I guess – I feel stupid for not seeing it coming. Like he wasn't gonna throw seventy-five touchdowns this year. It was gonna come back to earth. So, I make this like two point five. I was happy to take a four.
1: Really, you, you downgrade him that much?
2: I I haven't made much of adjustment on either team. I didn't give Arizona an upgrade for what how they played. Like they oh, no, played, they played you, you well, but I had them higher. I had them high enough as it was. I, uh, a lot of it. A lot of it is just uh, the defense isn't gonna get better if they keep having these injuries and I I loved Adam's back, I was excited for the trade, but I can't, I can't be upgrading a defense that keeps losing players. And then Wilson, you can't downgrade him a ton, but I just, I feel like, I feel like I didn't go crazy with my upgrade where I, you know, I, I, we all knew he wasn't going to keep up those numbers, but if he's going to play at this level, things are, things are going to go poorly. I, I don't think the Rams played that well of a game. It was, it was more Seattle just playing poorly. I'm, well, I'm not sold on McVeigh at all still.
1: I mean, what's interesting to me is I, I had, like, I, I bet the Rams last week against Seattle, and it's very rare that I bet against the team one week and then on them the next week, especially if they're against a team that I've been more neutral on, like I have been on Arizona. And I, even I was on Arizona against the Dolphins. So um, it, it, it's, it's definitely unusual for me.
0: All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to our next game. We've got Philadelphia Eagles at the Cleveland Browns. Minus three and a half on the Browns. That one's looking like it could drop back to the three. I think it, I think it opened there anyways. Um, and it's a, a pretty split total at 46 and a half. We talked about taking on the Eagles in the NFC East last week. I know you were pretty vocal about it, Eric. It, it certainly looks like a, a smarter play now after they lost to the Giants. They didn't even just lose. They, they got it handed to them pretty much. Um, the Browns got past the Texans, a pretty poor game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people side with the Browns this week, but whether that's because they think the Browns will win or whether they think it's because the Eagles will lose is, is probably a different matter. Um, Eric, I'll, I'll go to you on this one because I know you were you were talking against the Eagles last week. How do you feel about this game?
3: Yeah, weirdly, I think it's probably swung a little bit too much. Um, Cleveland, I mean, the, the hard part is, is, to contextualize Cleveland's last two performances is difficult given you know how much wind and in the case of the previous week how much you know like precipitation and stuff they had to deal with on offense but you know Baker Mayfield is not one of the more impressive quarterbacks in the NFL I mean when I look at his uh, you know statistics I I almost have to go to a second page um, to see both him and Wentz. Wentz. Um, you know, finally got beneath 20% of his throws being negatively graded last week, but still isn't particularly good. So I, you know, I think this is kind of a slug it out game, you know, very similar to what we just saw with Houston uh, versus Cleveland. Um, What I, one of the things I found, which is interesting, I'm doing this article on the predictability of defenses and uh, both of these defenses are pretty predictable, so maybe there isn't, you know, maybe there isn't that you know edge that Philly used to have tactically against other teams, um, and maybe Cleveland's a little bit overrated in that regard. Um, but I think this, you know, just a long-winded way of saying I think that this is more of a neutral game uh, than people give it credit for, with home field advantage being what it is. Now I I think that it's a little bit too uh, big of a spread, uh, you know, in the favor of Cleveland.
0: You were you were nodding along there, Rufus. Is that in agreement in terms of the reaction to the, the Eagles?
1: Um, it is. It is. I think that number's too high as well. I make it um I make it Cleveland minus uh a point point eight points and, and I took a little bit of um Philly plus three and a half. And I mean if you look at Cleveland, yeah, they've just been I mean, I think their 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 success is very deceptive. It's basically they've been running the ball a ton. I mean, they had what, forty one rushes and twenty one passes last week and um you're right the weather played a role. But it wasn't game script. They were up three nothing most of that game. Yeah, right. So um and they they were good doing They were they were five point six yards per rush, fifty six percent play success. But um I, I just you know I you know, they're if they fall behind, um I don't feel like they have um the ability to sort of keep up. And I don't know if that's gonna be a the case um this week, but they seem to be more game script aligned from like almost any team out there. Yeah.
0: Andy, is it full house? What do you think the Eagles on no, this I one? No, I took
2: I took some Cleveland. I made the and even without, I'm down to like, and I don't know what you guys are at. I'm down to point five points for home field, and in some spots I just take it out. Like there's, I'm not sure if home field is a thing right now, and it's, uh, it's wild how quickly. Maybe maybe it's been a slow process and everyone just missed it. But even with that, I make it over the three, and not only that, just from a, a matchup game script point. Like I don't know, maybe Danny Dimes is the best quarterback in that division, which that's probably true. Wentz is just a fumbling machine again, but matchup-wise, if we're going to see a similar game, and it looks like we're going to have kind of similar weather again, uh, they gave up 6.8 yards per carry to the Giants. To, what, a, a quarterback and like Wayne Gallman? I mean, you've seen what just from that matchup. I, I can't I can't bet against that matchup. Like if it's a nasty game and Cleveland just wants to run, they're just going to gash this defense. It's going to be an ugly slow game. Honestly, the the under is probably the better look. I have a just yeah. a cheap three. Uh, Ertz is activated. I don't think he plays. Like I don't know if and getting anybody back for Philly is going to matter right now. The way this defense is playing versus the run, I hate backing baker i i almost took him last week and I, I ended up just staying off once the market got out of control i felt pretty good about that in the long run there but uh yeah it's a six and three team with a negative 28 point differential it's it's not a great team i mean neither of these are very good teams at all but they, they did what they had to do i guess to get the the win last week they were was it 41 rushes on 62 plays it's like 65 70 percent it's up there they just they ran the ball they didn't turn it over and they got a super ugly win against a team that apparently had no game plan to play in the wind so i i have a three here but i'm looking more at this under as the week goes by
0: well andy uh andy raised a good point there about the the home field adjustments there rufus and and eric where are you guys at with that have you kind of settled or you still is it still something you're looking at and, and trying to work on
1: I'm pretty settled. I haven't been really making much of an adjustment there. I haven't actually thought much about it to be quite honest. Um, I, I still have it about eighty five percent of normal home field. And also to be honest, I don't think that like I don't think that a half season of football really tells me that much about it.
3: Yeah, I have it about a point. Um, and, you know, we do, and I know Rufus does this. I mean, Andy, I think you do it as well. Like if you regress to the market, right, like you're probably are you're probably shrinking your home field advantage as a result, even with doing that. So I, I have it as about a point right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen much of it as a leak in terms of all how our models have performed, um, given, you know, strictly what home field advantage would look like.
2: A lot of it is based off last year, too. I mean, just what what we did with last year and then when uh, Drew did his taking the the openers from the the look-aheads this season and we tried to kind of suss out what the the home field was implied by the market and it was considerably lower than last year. So we just kind of trusted the market at the beginning of the year and I, I haven't adjusted much. I started pretty low.
0: All right, well let's uh let's get on to our, our third game on the board. What have we got? We've got the, the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. This one it was delayed obviously because of the the news on Drew Brees. Um obviously doesn't doesn't sound good. I think it's a few broken ribs, punctured lung. He's gonna be sidelined for a while. Um interesting because they've actually got a couple of options with Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Um I'm not sure how much difference either of those will, will actually make to the number. We're currently on minus five on the Saints and a and a 51 point total at the moment, um, and not a lot of action yet. So, so maybe people kind of wait, waiting on more news to see what the the quarterback selection is. Rufus, with you, I know you were you were fond of the Saints before. What would you make of this one, and, and how important is the decision between Hill uh, and and Winston?
1: Well, I don't think it's a decision. I think Winston's going to be the starter, and Hill's going to—he'll he'll probably have an expanded role, but he's still going to be the change of pace guy. Um, so, I—you know—I've been high on the Saints um, before it was trendy to be high on the Saints before they were the number one VVOA team in football. Just want to say that. Um, and I'm—I'm I'm not going to be betting this game, at least not at the current price. I, I make the number right about minus seven. So I make a, I have it as a, as a pretty substantial downgrade from Brees to, to Jameis, but the one thing uh, and one thing that you saw in the second half of the game against San Francisco is how conservative New Orleans went, and it basically mirrored what they did um, with Teddy Bridgewater last year um, in relief of in relief of Drew Brees. It, it's a very much of a game manager game plan, and they don't want Jameis to screw up. Basically, I mean they had let's see in the second half, New Orleans had a thirty one percent. Play success rate, and three point six yards per pass, um, without two Brees, and they ran the ball twenty-two times, only thirteen pass plays. So, um, their defense played a really good game, though. And the defense has come on. It's amazing what will happen when, when you stop getting penalized so much, and when, um, and 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 you occasionally stop somebody in the red zone or on third down. So, it's, it, the Saints' defensive struggles were largely a result of big plays and. Playing
0: poorly in the red zone, and they've kind of seemed to remedy that a good amount. So Rufus is a a trendsetter with the Saints. Andy or Erica, are either of you two getting on board this week?
3: Yeah. So Taysom Hill's quarterback snaps last year when Bridgewater started two, two, four, four, two. So I, you know, I'd be surprised if you know. And they did the same exact thing last year. Are they going to play Bridgewater? Are they going to play Hill? Like ultimately, like. Ultimately, Hill is not like going to be the quarterback here. It's going to be Jameis. I, I agree with Rufus. They've, they've played, you know, and even when Jameis got in, um, they played a very caretaker quarterback sort of game. Uh, you know, his average up the target wasn't very high, you know, like four yards less than last year, so on and so forth. Uh, I think the Atlanta defense is vulnerable enough for them to try to actually go about a game plan that's sort of Jameisified. Um, and with that, there's that just adds a ton of variance to this game. So I, I think people will probably bet Atlanta down to like three and a half, you know, by the, by the time the games, uh, you know, I'll, you know, by the time the game starts, I don't know if I can get in on that.
0: And Andy, what
1: about yeah, you? I know, though, is it
3: Jameis game plan throwing a pick six on the first play? <laughs> Well, look, those those that'll help the defensive in numbers much like they did for Tampa last year. I right? like Tampa like finished the year what sixth in DVOA or something on defense because they didn't have to play that many plays, uh, you know, and they, they were put in uh, they were put in condensed areas so their yards for play weren't that high. Like, uh, Jay, I, I mean, I think they just go down the field more. I think Jared Cook might might become more of a threat. Um, you know, he's been kind of lost in that offense. I think Emmanuel Sanders becomes more of a threat. Um, And maybe Michael Thomas becomes less of one uh, because, you know, he's more of an underneath guy. Uh, Maybe Camara is less of one as well. Uh, That would be my guess, but, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, it's hard because Peyton has really only had his backup be Bridgewater, who is sort of a mirror image of what uh, Breeze represents.
2: Yeah, those games were – that was odd. There was a a prop out in the market last year about how many over-under on Bridgewater wins – and it's he won all his games that he started. Yeah, yeah. And it's still cashed under because Breeze came back early. But that injury didn't look good. I can't think of a game I, that I was faster to skip with all the things going on. Even with the Falcons off the bye, I make this New Orleans oh, 7.2. Still can't bet it because of the Winston thing. Like uh, Eric said, what we saw, and that, that's my biggest question. I'm going to pay attention. I'm very excited to see what they do. Is will it be the caretaker, game manager, whatnot that we saw with a lot of running, a lot of short stuff, or will they open it up a little? I kind of lean towards the, you know, the former of the two. I, I don't know what I would do if I was coaching. It's a, it'd be fun to let him rip. Like I, I know what I want to see. I know what I would call yeah. if I was a fan. But yeah, with, with the with the injuries to in New Orleans, just so much uncertainty in this. Throwing Jameis into it. And then you know, Traquan, Lattimore, Hill, Malcolm Brown, injuries, they'd land off the bye, and they've been kind of an enigma for me this this year as well. This is just a, a super hard pass game that I'm going to watch a ton of because I have Jameis MVP tickets. Those are uh, suddenly back from the dead. We just need to, we need to let them loose a little. <laughs>
0: Right, right, I'm going to get us on to our next game. Uh, New England Patriots at Houston Texans. Patriots are road favourites here. Uh, only minus two and a half at the moment. People taking the Texans actually, so it might be one that, that kind of jumps around a little bit. And we've we've got a total of 48, and that one looks like it's pretty even action on either side. Um, Texans are just having a shocker of a season, even with Deshaun keeping them in games. The Patriots are doing a little bit better, but they're, they're struggling in the AFC East. Um they somehow got the win against the Ravens that one I mean it looked to be more about the weather down to the actual performance but open floor on this one is is anyone taking anything here
1: I took um I took Houston at plus two and a half um reduced juice like minus 104 average it looks like I think that it seems like the opinions on New England just seem to to just shift dramatically from week to week they you know they were they were a super bowl contender with cam. Then they were like a team that could be getting Trevor Lawrence. And now they're suddenly good again. Uh, you know, I just try to keep, keep my head steady and, uh, with my evaluation to them. And, and I think it's kind of a bit of, a you know, both teams had weather last week, but I think, I think the market is a little bit over adjusted there.
3: No one's right about cam ever. Like he's either a <laughs> bum or he is like the best thing since sliced bread. And he's just kind of a quarterback. Um, one thing, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird have sort of made that offense maybe a little bit better uh, throwing the football. Uh, you know, but that being said, like you're you're getting a substantially better quarterback here in Watson, who I think on a per-play basis has the second best PFF grade unadjusted. Um, he's only he's thrown fewer than a two percent turnover-worthy play rate. Like. I don't know. One of these times, he's going to lean into a game, and it's going to be. And and I have similar opinions about uh, New England that you guys have about the Browns. Like, once the game gets out of reach for New England, it's really hard for them to come back.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly it. We saw the worst of Watson in a, you know, just crappy weather game. I I make this game like a pick 'em. I'll probably have Houston just straight up. Um, at some point here, it was. It was a good I don't know that like New England played well they didn't turn the ball over they only had three penalties they ran the ball well they did what they needed to do to beat a really good team in kind of an ugly game they they didn't really I, I guess I shouldn't say they didn't stop Lamar they limited him enough to to get the win they just kind of let the I don't know let Baltimore make their own mistakes and it wasn't again it wasn't like an impressive game by Cam uh, Drew made the, he kept making the joke that the best pass of the game was thrown by Jacoby Myers, like that that was kind of a dime. That was a nice play, but yeah, they busted out a gadget play, they busted out some stuff like that to get the win. It was it was ishy, uh, and really, again, I'm probably putting a lot of that on Baltimore at the same time. That fourth and one play bothered me a lot, but my Houston numbers are unadjusted based on last week. I don't know what I do with some of these games. If you guys, how much you take the context in, you kind of have to, I suppose with just the weather was horrid. It was a terrible game and I'm not going to downgrade Houston a ton off that. So, uh, yeah, basically a pick and I'll be on the Texans.
0: All right. Then when well, we've got, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Jacksonville Jaguars next, and we're 10 and a half points, uh, favorite for the Steelers 47 point total that started at 46 um, Steelers 9-0 and they're, they're probably not going to lose this week or, or anytime soon looking at their schedule but it's it's a hefty handicap to cover and we, we've talked about it a couple of times on the show Andy I know you're invested in the Steelers in terms of your, your futures they're, they're up against your guy Juice Luton here is yeah. there is, is there anything that interests you in the markets
2: I make it like 11 but I, I tend to stay away from a lot of these I, I wish I hadn't with Jacksonville apparently that would have been a nice one um yeah they they have so many weapons like uh and what they're doing it's perfect so many people talked about last year with i hate to make any comparison to ben roethlisberger 2020 and lamar jackson 2019 but it's the same thing like oh let's let's take this guy and use his strengths let's let's build the whole game plan around our quarterback and have a have a fantastic year they're getting rid of the ball so fast they're just everything's short everything's quick there's, I went and looked at a list of uh, just how many times each quarterback has been sacked, which, you know, it's there's context to that with offensive line play and game script. But there's there's like eight guys ahead of uh, Big Ben who don't even play right. You know, they're injured or they've been fill-ins like Haskins and Driscoll and people that don't even play. He's way, way down the list. He's just not taking sacks. He's not getting hit. He's, I think they're sixth best in the league for pressure rate. And, I mean, it's a team who's had some injuries up front they're they're taking care of their super old quarterback letting him throw there's always somebody getting separation they have so many uh, receivers that are just and, uh, Ebron's still not getting any love Ebron's a super good tight end so um, if i had to bet it i'd probably lay it just because of how i feel about the other team but yeah Luton i don't know if i can put my i don't i don't know if i can put much of that uh, it was close versus the packers but it's again they they only got, like, 13 points out of the offense. Their their best year, what was it? Their longest scoring drive was 43 yards, ending with a field goal. The other touchdown was set up by a fumble recovery. The one touchdown was the the awesome punt return where he, like, scared the punter, which was probably the funniest play of Sunday. So, I yeah, I'd make it 11.1. I'd lay it, and I probably won't
0: and eric how uh, how far does the the term encouraging stretch does it does it go all the way to juice Commuted, yeah. i think
2: commuted eric
3: sorry people were walking through here and i didn't want you guys up to hear okay um yeah it goes i mean he's not good right it's a classic <laughs> example of like yeah, uh, he did way better than I expected him to, but I'm not going to bet on him here. And I'm not going to bet on him here. The, when I look Pittsburgh has the most yeah, most unpredictable defense in the NFL. Um we've seen it work its magic against rookie quarterbacks last last week Joe Burrow specifically. Um you know, Jacksonville not only has a relatively predictable defense, but they have an awful defense. So I just I have a hard time you know, seeing Pittsburgh, you know, I have a hard time seeing Jacksonville keeping this close, frankly. And, um, you know, the only thing that you can sort of lean on is the history, which I don't know how much that matters, which is that Pittsburgh has notoriously been bad against the Jaguars, um, especially in Jacksonville uh, during Big Ben's tenure. But I, you know, that's not enough to actually do anything with. So, um, yeah, I'm going to lay off here. But if, I, if anything, I'm with Andy, I'd lay the points with, with Pittsburgh.
1: Well, first off, I wanna say I don't think that the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game was the bloodbath um, that the final score makes it out to be. If you look while the game before the game got out of reach the first three quarters, Pittsburgh only had an advantage of 5.8 to 5 yards per play and 39% to 35% play success rate. Cincinnati was just over 13 on third downs. So that'll <laughs> that'll make that'll make you look good. Um that said, um Jacksonville's offense was so bad, and and that's basically the only thing they had going for them early in the season. Four point three yards per pass for for Luton, um, and so I actually laid the points on Pittsburgh. Um, I laid nine and a half early, um, and I make it thirteen. Um, so, I'm a very rare occasion when I took a road, a big road favorite.
0: Right. What have we got next? We got. Packers at the Colts. Um, this one's actually had a bit of early interest and it's it's on the Col- Colts. The the Pinkle Traders posted them at minus one initially. That's been pushed out to minus two and a half. It's, it's still taking the bulk of the action and the the over's actually got, getting a lot of interest as well. 49 at the open, up three points to 52. Um, seems to have settled around there. Both teams got a win in week 10 but there's a lot more to it than that green bay we just talked about how poor jacksonville are green bay just about got past them while the, the colts breeze past the titans um some of the the activity that we've seen is is probably going to be overreaction to those performances well um eric do you think it's a, an overreaction here maybe on the colts or are they worth it
3: I don't think so. I mean, uh, when I did my podcast on Monday morning, my co-host was pretty surprised at the fact that, you know, at the time it was minus one, kind of moved out a little bit. And I, you know, I sort of support this. I mean, Green Bay is like, they're, they're the same team as they were last year. They, they, They get wins against bad teams in sort of unimpressive ways. Now the difference is their quarterback is playing really well, but when you look at, you know, just how the Colts attack teams, like they're, you know, up front, they 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 inside and outside with Buckner and, and Houston at the linebacker level, they're extremely sturdy and they don't make mistakes in the secondary. And when you saw the only reason Green Bay won the game against Jacksonville was because of busted coverages, and, and you don't get that with the Colts. Um, you, you they limit big plays, I think, better than any team. We saw that against Tennessee, which lives off of explosive plays. Um, and you know, they sort of play four corners, and while Phillip Rivers isn't great. I kind of like that old arm getting 10 days rest in a dome uh, against the Packers defense. That is in my opinion, pretty soft. So uh, I like Indy here laying the points.
2: I'm pretty much on market with this one. And I did just talk about the Packers game a little and how they played, but the Indy game, I missed part of the second half doing some stuff and I looked at it and I saw, you know, the drives like, oh, 17-yard punt, oh, block punt, like, did they deserve that score? And then I looked at the first half and just how the the red zone finishing was in the first half. They they probably should have been up at half and then maybe not as had as of successful of a second half. So I've I've been higher on Indy than I was previously Uh Early in the season, I guess. Uh, Pittman stepping up is nice. Hines, too, but uh, pretty much on market. I don't know what to do with Green Bay right now. Uh, I'm glad glad I didn't get uh, too involved. I I guess I did get involved in the Indy game. I teased them out. Thank God I had the eight points when they won by like three touchdowns there. I'm trying to look for my uh, Indy notes here, or my Green Bay notes, rather. I don't have a ton on them. They played down and still won. It was nice to see MVS doing something like somebody outside of just Packers or uh, Rogers to Adams every time. If they can get a little bit more out of the offense, but they ran a lot on early downs, and I get that the weather was bad, but it's not like Rogers has some noodle arm. Like right. you could say, like oh, it's windy. He has a laser. He's got a cannon still. It's still a pretty good arm. Like, just let him throw. Don't run on early downs and just waste him against a bad team like this. Uh, they made mistakes, and I guess they were lucky they played Jacksonville. So, if I had a, a lean, it'd probably be towards Indy, just based on uh, how, how I think these guys match up. It's a Great. it's a much better defense.
1: Green Bay made some explosive plays, but they weren't really. I mean, their play success was not it's not fantastic last week. Um, India had as the most dominant team of the week in terms of game grade. Um, they were number one. They were, let's see, 6.2 to 4.9 yards per play at 59% play success rate. Um, their average play was run on the Tennessee 38-yard line. That's something. Um, and and averaging 6.2 yards per play while while having a shorter field like that is is quite impressive. In fact, they ran um, 21 snaps in the red zone. So. Um, they were really, really good passing the ball. Um, I'm on market here. I got
0: nothing. Uh, now we've got the oh, we've got the Bengals uh, at Washington Football Team. This one was, I think, it was on it like a pick'em, but it seems to be taken down. I don't know if there's there's any news there. Is this one? Is anyone invested in this one or, or interested in this one?
3: Does it have to do with Alex Smith? Like, are they they thinking about going away from Alex Smith?
0: I'm not sure. It's just, I think we, as of today, I think we took it off. So maybe there's something there. I'm not too sure.
2: I, wondered, I, I thought there was a COVID for Cincy. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I can't keep up with all of them.
3: Yeah. Cincy's yeah. a pretty fragile group, right? Like it's tough to um, – I think I kind of like the Bengals early when they were like plus one and a half. But, if you know, that – you're basically making the bet that Burrow – can consistently make plays, you and Alex Smith can't. Although Alex Smith, you know, strung together some, uh, you know, some form uh, against Detroit. It I don't know if it, that's repeatable necessarily.
2: Him having 390 yards again this year doesn't, or this week doesn't seem repeatable. Yeah, like he he was uh, that was uh, the weirdest quarterback. Was, there was a prop versus DeChambeau's longest drive, uh, the, the quarterback <laughs> with the most yards on Sunday versus his drive and. I don't think in many, many years that's the quarterback I would have picked to eclipse the 380, although the quarterback's won. Bryson lost again.
0: All right, right, let's. Uh, what have we got next? We've got the Cowboys at the Vikings. The, the Vikings are a minus eight and a half here, um, 47 and a half in total. Vikings are a little bit unlucky, as we said, Whether the Cowboys just I don't think I don't know what else to say is there. Is there any value at
1: the number, plus eight and a half, Rufus, do you think? I think – go ahead, Rufus. My, like My numbers show value in Minnesota here just because I'm so low on the Cowboys with the quarterback situation. Um, but, again, that's, you know, that's one where I would say that the variance on my Dallas number is pretty high depending on what Gary Gilbert really is. So um, it, it's one I'll probably play, but not – the, the lock
3: and play yeah i have i think dalton might play dalton in this game
1: start now. Uh, plays, that changes my number entirely so
3: yeah and, and i i think eight and a half is too many if you're if you're giving that to dallas now i know minnesota's won three in a row um in fact you know one of two of those games have been impressive um dallas's defense is bad whereas you know uh, last night chicago's defense isn't um but at the same time like I think Minnesota has one way to beat you offensively or defensively, which is to blitz and Dallas does have playmakers. And, you know, if, honestly, if, the, if Chicago had some, you know, the, one of the four of us calling plays last night, I do think they beat Minnesota. So, um, I don't know, like, this is one where again, the road team coming off of a bye, you know, McCarthy sort of maybe getting his legs underneath him after a competitive game against Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know. It's too many for me to lay with Minnesota, especially given Kirk the variance that Kirk Cousins can give you.
2: Yeah, there was a little, there was a goofy little indicator with that Vikings defense last night that the Bears just couldn't catch on to. And, yeah, uh, it was when unreal. The, when, the, when the stick over on the sideline had a three on it, they would blitz. Yeah. <laughs> they just and the Bears could not catch on. Every every third down was just a disaster for them. It seemed like it yeah. was it was awful to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do with the. Uh, the Garrett Gilbert, Andy Dalton upgrade there. I actually was kind of excited to see Gilbert again. Hope I hope they don't play uh, Andy Dalton. That would be uh, nice for me. Yeah, my, I don't know how low my Dallas number can get. Just outside of the injuries, just disappointment elsewhere, too. Like Jalen Smith. Yeah. Jalen Smith sucks. They're off the bye. I, I don't know if I can give a team like this any sort of a bump for that anyway. So yeah, it's Minnesota or pass, and... I won't be betting Minnesota. I
3: wouldn't think. Do you do you think that the Dallas Cowboys actually having a legit chance to win their division, you know, plays into it at all? Ooh. Like if they were <laughs> tanking, if they were, if there was any sort of idea of tanking, that's really gone right now, right? Because they probably have too many wins to really. I mean, they're in such a weird situation. I don't know. I don't. I don't think any of these things really factor in at that point. To your point about the bye.
2: Yeah, I mean they're they're still like what two and seven? Yeah, uh, that's the thing I've been going back and forth with on people like, what's the value to a weird ass division championship at this point? Like, isn't a better draft pick way more valuable than yeah. like winning the division with five wins and just having some wild card come to your house and embarrass you?
3: I think I I feel like people will point to though in twenty fourteen the Carolina Panthers were three and eight three eight and one uh after a thanksgiving loss to minnesota and then won all the rest of their games made the playoffs won a playoff Win, game and then went 15 and won and made the super bowl the following year like there there is like i'm not saying that matters like it probably has no predictive power at all but i'm saying like if you're if you're mccarthy like you might think of that as you know a reason to play your guys whereas we probably think of it as a as a license to to tank and get a better pick all right, I'm, I'll, I'm uh... just
2: always team. I'm always team tank.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'll get
0: us on to the the next game. It's another one. Why aren't you wearing a
1: tank? It's true. It's cold. It's wintertime.
0: Save it for next week, Andy. Are those
1: glasses prescription, or are they just for the
0: looks?
2: What's that? No, these are the blue light things. They they save my eyes, Rufus. Oh, sure, they, sure, they need, sure. Need them later
0: in life. <laughs> <laughs> right on to the next one. It's uh. What is it? Dolphins at the Broncos. This one's off the board as well. I'm just having to look. I think it's, is it something around Drew Locke? Uh, some...
2: Yeah, he's horrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But whether he misses the game or not, I don't think it matters too much. I think that the, the Dolphins were the favorites so around about minus three, I think. whether well, is it two and a half, three? Um, but yeah, I mean, Broncos aren't great. Drew Locke's pretty terrible two are getting better and better it's it's an interesting one when it comes back on the board what what do you think the reaction will be if it is with or without drew lock eric i'll go to you
3: Ah, uh, wow it's already three and a half okay or it was um i lean miami here just because i it, independent of the qb and, and um because i think drew lock is is a is not that much of a player above replacement uh, with, with respect to like Brett Ripon or something like that. And the dolphins, they play such good defense on the back end that the one thing that the Broncos have, which is a, a decent receiving core, I, I do think it's minimized in this one. So, um, you know, I don't know three and a half, maybe a bit much, especially given that the one of the you know final elements of home field advantage that probably remains is the altitude in Denver. Um, but at the same time, I you know I it would be Miami or nothing for me here.
1: I go the opposite for me; it'd be Denver or nothing. I mean, assuming Drew Lock plays, I still have ridiculous downgrade. But I mean, Miami has benefited majorly from turn, from defense and special teams in recent weeks. I mean, what they had there was they had two defensive touchdowns one week and then one the next week. And I mean, let's see what's their tur- their turnover EPA plus twenty point five points due to turnover luck or due to turnovers, however, if you want to define it as luck, you know, you can or not. Um, 19 of it's fumbles, though, so I'm going to call it mostly luck. Denver is negative 44 points um, in turnover EPA, and um, most of that's interceptions. But um, but some of, it's, some of it's fumbles, too. Um, Miami last week benefited again. Um, they had the block punt. They started five of their 10 drives an um, opponent's territory that's not even including the kneel down drive which would make it made it six um you know they the passing game was decent um 6.8 yards per pass 56 percent play success rate but I just think that they've been I mean they're not as good as their record or they haven't been as good as their record is right now and I think that the hype trend is just going a little too far there and I, I love I love taking a team coming off a really bad performance against the team, coming off of a really good performance, like relative expectations, I think. And I think this is a situation where um, there's some value in Denver there. They're not as bad as they were last week.
0: Split one for Miami, one for Denver. What about you, Andy?
1: Yeah,
2: it's gonna be a dead tie. I'm right on market with this. I agree with some things that both guys said. If you can't upgrade Miami off to his performance, perhaps you can off Andrew Van Ginkle, who is just constantly getting into action. I love that guy. Like he's he's my guy down there. But again, yeah, like uh, Tua Tua hasn't been super impressive. Although that that game wasn't as close as the box score showed either. For you know, it was kind of a trash touchdown at the end for the Chargers. I do believe the Chargers lost the game more than Miami won it. It was you know, the the turnover, special teams, defensive touchdown luck for Miami has been something. But, I mean, good defenses do things like that, I guess. It, it does come down to how you feel about Tua playing. It's not a great not a great spot for a young quarterback to go up to. A, like you said, the last remaining vestige of home field advantage is maybe altitude plus winter time. It's getting a little colder up to, I don't know what the weather is in Denver quite yet, but yeah, playing at altitude on the road, I would be very hesitant to back uh, Miami, and like I said, I'm pretty much on market. I'm hard pass on this one
0: all right then we'll move on to uh new york jets at the la chargers maybe another one where you're you're setting a trend rufus the the Chargers started on 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 minus nine and a half they're down to minus eight and a half now um and we've got a 47 point total down from i think it was 48 it's moved around a little bit um i guess the jets the they're getting better the last time we saw them they were they were competitive uh judging by the game and it's the closest they've come to winning in a while. Um, the Chargers aren't really much better, though. Two and seven record. They're, they're getting worse by the game, it seems. Is your model still liking the Jets, Rufus? And and more importantly, are you taking them here?
1: Oh, you know it. I, I took I took the Jets plus nine and a half and plus nine. Uh, got a full position loaded up there. So um, my model only makes it four and a half. So both teams, obviously. I mean, the Chargers are better teams. Without, without a doubt, but the Jets are coming off a bye, so um, the team got less time with Adam Gase, which is probably has to be
3: a good thing. Yeah, Anyone I, I think the Jets are the side here. Um, awesome. The Chargers have been one of the more predictable defenses in the entire league. I think that's one of the reasons why. Possibly, um, you know, they're giving they they have good talent, but they're giving up more. Um, then they should, especially to, you know, teams, I think, you know, like, for example, the dolphins are not like they, they're not a great offense, but they're, they're, they gave up a ton to them last week. Um, even, even after you take away some of the, you know, the special teams plays and the defensive plays, um, uh, you know, the the Chargers are, though, the only team in the league that hasn't, you know, one of three teams in the league that hasn't lost a game by multiple scores, and that, that, that you know, doesn't sort of play well to, to this particular game, but they're not as bad as their record. That being said, I don't think they should ever be favored by more than a full touchdown.
2: Yeah, the last part, what Eric said there, they're just not a team that probably can put a team away. And even as low as I have the Jets, I don't have the Chargers terribly high. It feels gross to take the Jets, but, I mean, you guys you guys have given me the courage. I probably will look at this a little closer. And it might be it might be a little more of the Flacco resurgence. He didn't look terrible. Like, uh, we, we made it a downgrade when he came back in, but he made some plays uh, against a bad secondary, I suppose. Uh, He's not playing, though,
3: is he? I think Darnold's back.
2: No, oh, that makes a difference. Oh. It's a, it's, I'm back to a downgrade for Darnold.
3: No, they they said on uh, uh, – Gay said today that Darnold's starting. Or sorry, uh, that Flacco's Flacco's starting. starting. Oh, really?
1: I I had read – okay, because I had read that that Darnold was supposed to be coming back. I've changed my number, but I'll still like the Jets. I (laughs) feel embarrassed. The the bright spots.
2: The bright spots on the team are probably a couple of receivers.
3: Well, Well, their three receivers were healthy for the first time all year, and and they actually did produce on the outside the other day.
2: Yeah, if if Flacco builds a little rapport with those – younger receivers, I think uh, it might be a kind of a fun offense to those own oh, sixteen bets might be in, in doubt here.
1: If you give Flacco time to throw, you know, he can he's okay. You he just you give him a pocket. He knows how to throw a ball well.
0: All right, let's uh let's let's move on. It's another one just looking at the board. We've got the Chiefs at the Raiders is off again. I think what's this one? Touchdown on the Chiefs, maybe maybe a bit higher and probably going to be a fairly hefty total as well um i'm not sure if when this one was up did anyone get involved in it or is it is it available elsewhere
3: i i took some chiefs you know i i but then i saw that you know mitchell schwartz uh and eric fisher are both on the covid list Nicole hardman actually tested positive for covid which is you know probably going to keep him out but i mean I, I think that I think you know there is evidence that Andy Reid lays off the gas pedal schematically against things that you know games that are sort of like vanilla. I think avenging their first loss in over a calendar year is going to probably get Andy Reid to pull out his best stuff, and with, if that's the case, like I, I have a really hard time you know backing Derek Carr and the Raiders here.
0: Andy, what about you?
2: There's it's such a. It seems like it fits in the dumb narrative situation, but like the Andy Reid pulling out the good stuff thing—that's real. Like he does have those games where the game, the play calling is just completely different. Like oh, they're just—they're not using the good playbook because it's a bad team and they're gonna play down to them. Like if—if if it is the fun offense, yeah, I, I took it. I took the Chiefs here. Not only how I make the number and how low I am on the Vegas defense, like there was value on it and i don't want to say the words andy Reid off a bye but the chiefs are off a buy so you get a smart coach with extra time to prep against a, a pretty horrid defense and as much as i've been high on i i think it, they're going to give up some points this total is what it is for a reason like the the raiders offense has been a lot more fun this year but i if it turns to a track meet i guess i'll take patrick every time
1: i'm, I'm basically right on market If anything, I lean a little towards Kansas City. Um, Yeah, Raiders benefited from a plus five turnover differential last week as well.
0: Yeah, I think someone's just asked in the comments why it went from minus seven to minus six. Is that just the COVID thing, do you think, Eric?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, especially when you think about cluster injuries, like they're I think the most impactful along the offensive line and the defensive backfield. And so, you know, the Chiefs struggled against the Raiders in the first matchup because Cleveland Farrell had nine pressures and, you know, Mahomes was under siege that entire game. I think people are sort of thinking back to that game and thinking about that as being the formula uh, to beat the Chiefs. Um, and I think and I agree if the Chiefs don't you know, if the Chiefs just play straight up, that might be the way to beat them. I don't think they're g- going to play them straight up, but yeah, there was re- market resistance on seven and six and a half before the number was taken down.
0: I just had a quick look at the the futures as well. And the The Chiefs are shortening it up. What's What's everyone's thoughts on that? Are they Are they the number one team in the league right now, or is there Rufus are the are the Saints up there to compete with them? Do you think, or is it yeah, is no, it Bruce. <laughs> What about you, Eric and Andy?
2: their uh their path in the afc changes if we go to this contingency plan too there was a huge advantage to being the one seed which would be you know it's it's close but right now pittsburgh and it doesn't look like they're gonna lose this week having that one seed getting the only buy makes a big difference to you know a win probability of making it all the way through the playoffs and into the super bowl so if they go to this eight team modified playoff thing it's probably an advantage to the two seed all of a sudden, uh, things change, and the, the one seed loses uh, their big advantage. Again, everybody's playing more games. Maybe it's a bigger advantage to some of the lower seeds, in all honesty. But I think that would help them, although in that situation, the game or the season doesn't completely finish, and I'm pissed.
3: Yeah, I think that this is the first week that my, in my simulations that the Pittsburgh Steelers run up with more wins than the Chiefs. Um, You know, the Chiefs do have Tampa Bay and and New Orleans coming up. New Orleans might be right on the edge of breeze coming back. Um, So they do have a tougher schedule than Pittsburgh. Um, But, you know, I think the numbers probably currently right at what plus 350 plus 300 that kind of I think that's probably okay. I wouldn't tie my money up uh, to bet Kansas City at this point.
0: Alright then well last one we've got is uh, the the LA Rams at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's there's not much movement or no movement on the side. Tampa Bay opened at minus three and a half, they're still there. Um some some early action on the total. It's on 47 after after opening at 48 and a half. Brady, I guess, looked a, a bit better against the Panthers. Whether that was the Panthers doing bad or Brady doing good, I'm I'm not too sure there. But we talked about the Rams beating the Seahawks as well that by probably playing a, a big part in that. it's, it's a big game in, in terms of the NFC West. Rufus is there. Is there any interest from you in this one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like the Rams here. Uh, I think both teams are coming off coming off really, really good performances. Tampa Bay absolutely controlled that game. They ran 77 plays to 47 and, and despite that massive, sometimes when you have a team with a massive advantage number of plays, it's because they were possessing the ball. And having these sort of slow, methodical drives and converting third, third downs, but I mean, Tampa had eight point four yards per pass, fifty-three percent um, success they had a, on, on passing, and, and they had first downs on forty-five percent of their pass plays. So they, they they went in the red zone eight different times, converted sixty-three percent of their third downs, and and um, in terms of their field position, I mean, their third, they ran thirty-seven plays inside the Carolina forty-yard line. Um, Carolina only ran thirteen, and most of Carolina's plays were like inside their own forty, like the, like almost all of them. Um, so it, it was basically shellacking. Um And obviously, that that you know, Ronald Jones' touchdown run at the end didn't really you know that's going to pad the yards per play. That's why I was quoting the play success and and the and the passing yards per play a little more. But um, LA also like I think outplayed Seattle basically across the board. Um, 55% play success, um, very, very solid. Um, and and they were better in the passing game as well, 7.1 yards per pass to 5.1 yards per pass. Uh, I think the Rams, like, I, I've just been high on them basically all season. Um, I think I said last week that, you know, I think that they've, they've been one of the best teams in the NFL this year, despite the fact, and that's even controlling for strength of opponent because they play the entire NFC East. And, I mean, they're showing it against better teams, and I, I think they're still not getting – getting that much respect
3: right now at this point, um, I make the game a okay. pick. Yeah, I, th- I think the matchup plays really well to L.A. Um, when you look at, you know, Tampa Bay had to shuffle around their offensive line uh, a lot last week. They're not really that great at one of the tackles. And what we saw last week is Leonard Floyd was like the first Rams player this season to have more pressures than Aaron Donald in, in one game. So, um, you know, they, they can provide heat. And then on the outside, like, you know, they're the secondary players in their backfield were something that I was worried about. And and last week, not only did Jalen Ramsey play extremely well against DK Metcalf, but the rest of the secondary played, in, you know, very well as well. And that's what you're going to need to face a Tampa Bay team that has receivers and tight ends for days. So uh I, you know, the it's always about golf, you know, and if they get behind, it's really tough for them to come back. Um, And, you know, Tampa Bay does have a pretty good defense, but um, I, I do think that you know Tampa Bay is not going to have as easy of a time of it moving the football this week. Um, it might be sim- similar to that Thursday night game they had against the Bears.
0: Go on, Andy. Let's let's end on a full house. Tell me you like. Yeah, the
2: Rams. I I am higher on both teams than the market. I think sometimes so. <clears throat> Mildest of lean towards the Rams, although some of the things Tampa, like Rufus brought up, eight red zone trips out of eleven drives. Like, that's. I guess it's Carolina. It's a bad defense. They were highly successful. They only were four for eight in the red zone. Like, they could have had more points. That could have been an absolute just bloodbath. It kind of was anyway. You know, like he said, the super long run will skew the numbers a bit. But even that, like, if you take out some of that stuff, I mean, Rojo had a good day. Brady had a big day. And he was even inaccurate at a couple times. So I, I didn't do much with Tampa the last two weeks. I... I'm nearly on market, but I would think there is some value with the Rams. You're not going to see that kind of performance. It's a much better defense, you know. There's just, I don't know, Eric. Who's your, who's your highest graded secondary player on Carolina, and how's he compared to like Ramsey?
3: Jeremy Chin, and he's okay. He's a safety yeah. too. So
2: it's a it's a whole different ballgame there, just uh, matchup wise. That offense. I don't think we see something along the lines of the Saints game, but it should be a close game and probably taking the points here would be the, it'd be that or nothing for me.
0: All right. Well, that's our, that's our hour pretty much up. We we got through the slate um, a couple of games off the board at the moment, but I, I know you guys are, are very busy. I, I do appreciate the time for coming on. I'm, I'm sure the listeners do as well. So thanks for it. And I'll, I'll speak to you next week.
1: Thanks, ben. Thank you. Thanks, ben.
0: Cheers to everyone for watching. If you do want to get involved in the action, then head over to pinnacle.com for the latest odds. Best of luck with any bets. And remember to please gamble responsibly.